Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. Not only is Bluehost Cloud our fastest web hosting available, but it's also built for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Wednesday, January 17th, 2024, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm your host, Jensen Assey. Let's dive into those prices. According to Coindesk Indices at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin fell 1% over the past 24 hours, sitting at $42,726. Ether was roughly flat over the same time period at $2,549. Altcoins took the spotlight yesterday as the mega cap coins traded relatively flat. Today's mover in the Coindesk Market Index is Chainlink, ticker LINK, up 5% on the day. In traditional markets, the Nasdaq fell 0.19% yesterday, and the S&P 500 was down 0.37%. Stock market sentiment is remaining weak after increased uncertainty about the possibility of U.S. interest rate cuts. And in commodities, the Brent crude benchmark fell slightly yesterday, trading at $77.11 a barrel. Meanwhile, gold was trading at $2,027 an ounce. For more on the market's action this morning, let's bring in 3IQ Head of Research, Mark Connors. All right, let's just start very broad here. What are you watching this morning? Interest rates. So we have two separate systems. You just mentioned render, chain link, rallying um, in alts because, you know, the benchmarks are kind of uh, sleepy right now. You know, Bitcoin and, and, and ETH are slumping a bit. So the money has to go somewhere. Um, and what's, you, what's odd is that in the digital asset ecosystem, you're seeing rallies in Solana, you know, and chain link, like you said. But in the traditional assets, banks, all the um, higher beta names are down and they're down again today. So again, we see a decoupling in digital assets on a should be a full risk off day, and it's not uh, versus traditional assets. So I just want to bubble that up. And um, I think it's one reason why hedge funds are adding to their digital asset, because they're going after that lack of correlation to the rest of their portfolio. Let's talk a little bit more about interest rate cuts in 2024. What are you expecting to see and how might that impact risk assets like Bitcoin? You know, we may, I think the Fed is going to be brought, just like Gensler was brought dragging and kicking and screaming to 
approve the Bitcoin ETF uh, through gritted teeth, as one person said. I think that the Fed will be forced to cut just like they eased last March because you had bank failures. And I think you've seen some pressure in the real estate. So are there one to three cuts? That's my bid ask. Anything beyond that, I think, is going to require an Armageddon coming of failures to be more than that. On that note, let's talk about Bitcoin now. What will Bitcoin's narrative be, do you think, after the approval of the ETF we saw last week? Let's just get very narrow. It was a nothing burger. From a trading standpoint, you had expectations of BlackRock, you know, the biggest gorilla in the room. And what happened was they showed up with some buying, just enough to take on the selling of Grayscale. Because Grayscale, what you had was a captive, you had 26 billion in captive assets screaming to get out. So we're seeing some of that, you know, but they finally were able to get out at NAV. Luckily, ARC, Bitwise, Fidelity, and BlackRock brought enough to the table to absorb that, you know, couple billion in selling that we're seeing. When that gets cleaned up, only then will we be able to see price rise. So that, that's Bitcoin right now on the trading side. But stepping back, the fact that Gensler had to capitulate to the federal court's decision in August, that unlocks 40% of the world's buying power. 40% of equity and bond ownership is in US. Now they can buy it, but that's not going to happen overnight. So that's intact. It's one reason why we kept or went out with, ahead of the ETF approval, our price targets of 110 to 160 for Bitcoin. We think that that's going to take a few months to kind of get to. So we need to get through this. At a higher level, though, holy moly, the, all the positive catalysts are there for us. And as we said, with interest rates, up or down, it doesn't matter. Bitcoin's going to pop through it just like it did last March. So that's Bitcoin. Ethereum is the sleeping dog that is being overlooked, like, in, like the alts as well. So that's a different story we can talk about if you'd like. Mark, let's talk about that Bitcoin price prediction before we hop over to Ether. That's a big prediction for just a couple months. Uh, when we took a look at the price a few moments ago, Bitcoin was just over $42,000. What's it going to take to get to that $100,000 mark and beyond? N not a lot. And I, it sounds like a big number. I'm a former risk manager. I look for downside. Like we didn't come at this lightly. Um, 110 is easy, we think, based on the price action of the previous happenings. We think we have a from a, you know, uh, three to six times type movement from the happening through the end of the year. So we kind of brought that back a little bit because of basing. How do we get there? The happening is going to help. Institutional adoption helps. We've had very little institutional adoption. And as we talked to clients, our founder, Fred Pye and I and our sales team went out, Jen, to institutions in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, and New York, and they are still reticent. They are not engaged in it. They haven't been incentivized to. There's no solicitation at the banks in the US or Canada. So it's still not a mainstream asset. The SEC approval unlocks that. That's why we think 110 to 160 with a happening is pretty fair game. Mark, do you think the SEC approval really does unlock that, though? You mentioned Vancouver and Toronto. A spot Bitcoin ETF has been available there for quite some time before last week. Does the SEC approval, I guess, pave the way in markets where they don't really have any regulatory oversight? 
So, yes, unfortunately, they do. The SEC does look to it. And let's look back what Bitcoin is. It's a global asset. If it's bought in the U.S., the price goes up in Toronto. And so I think unlocking the buying power in the U.S. and the sentiment of the institutions. Remember, the institutions that went into digital assets were private equity because they understood that wrapper. Unfortunately, they bought the wrong animals, right? They, they went into the FTXs, et cetera. Now you can go into a transparent, 15-year-old visible commodity called Bitcoin. That audience is going in, and that's why the price is going in. It's a new buyer, and they're now allowed to buy in the U.S., and that price is going up globally. Mark, let's move to Ether now. I don't sure. know if you use these exact words, but you called it uh, somewhat a sleeping dog, maybe being overlooked. The price of Ether actually rallied on the approval of the spot. Bitcoin ETF news. Some are hoping for a spot Ether ETF this year. What's your outlook there? Um, we're very constructive on Ether. Besides uh, the upgrades uh, with Chappella, where we were able to now uh, unlock the staking rewards, which is a component of income and value that traditional asset managers understand. They can use discounting now. It's, I, I don't know the, the, the full analogy, but it's like giving a third baseman a glove or um, you know, the golf or the club. It's the instrument they're familiar with and they can play the game. So that's, what, that's why that was so important because now you have cash flows that come to you and you can take them in and out if you'd like. First thing, the reason why it's sleeping is because we think that the ETF is not going to come anytime soon. Yes, you're right. The price went up 13%. Bitcoin went down. It's the first time Ether outperformed Bitcoin for a week, I think, in the last what year and a half or so. So you're right that Ether-Bitcoin dominance ratio just had the sharpest increase ever. Reading Gary Gensler's comments when he had to, he had to approve the ETF, uh, the Bitcoin ETF, he said it's cabined. It's cabin to this commodity. We only did it because a court forced us to do it, which was our number one thesis. We knew why we knew we had to do it because he was called unlawful. I think it's going to take a court approval for that to happen in the U.S. Luckily, there are ETFs out there for investors, but it doesn't include a spot in the U.S. and it won't for a little while, I believe. And so one more thing, Jen, the reason why we're all hopped up on, on ETH the reason Bitcoin got attention and we think the price went up and the, and the hash rate's higher is because of the cash flows. People don't like inscriptions, but we're constructive on this novel technology that we think will evolve to more purposeful applications. But it is cash flow. And cash flow is good for a system. Bitcoin's got it. And Ethereum has it in spades. So that's why I think Ethereum will follow the flywheel of price appreciation that, that Bitcoin enjoyed over the last 12 months. With that in mind, where do you see the price of Ether going as we head deeper into 2024? So we haven't come out with a full price target, but uh, we will say that we appreciate that there is a gearing to Ether. So we have 110 to 160, which is anywhere from you know a, a two and a half to a almost four times price move for Bitcoin. Uh, Ether is higher beta, has higher gearing because of the applications. So you can kind of take that to what we think Ether's price is going to be when we come out with that report. You mentioned ETH staking, and I think some congratulations are in order. I was reading that 3IQ staking ETF and Ether fund have now generated over a million dollars through staking activities. 
talk to me a little bit more about institutional interest in staking. The institutional interest, well, let's talk about staking. First of all, thank you. That was our team who did that, spent a lot of time working with Coinbase and others to decide what's the best animal to do it. Um, the, the interest is still, it's there. But, you know, you can tell by volumes, we're getting more each month and each week. So there is some inflows, but it's more than meetings. So we are literally, and this is not just a sales talk, we have not seen as many incomings by the banks and by the institutions than we have since last Wednesday's approval, not just for BTC, but for ETH. So that's why it's sleeping. They aren't acting yet, but now they're starting to move. First comes the give me the documents, then give me the meetings, which we're having now. And the next is, you know, the order goes to the trading room for the purchase. So we're two out of three on the steps for institutional adoption, I think. Mark, thanks so much for joining the show. You bet, Jen. Thanks for having me. That was 3IQ Head of Research, Mark Connors. Thanks for listening. That's it for today's show. For more interviews and macro news on the digital asset space, check out Coindesk's First Mover, also hosted by me, Jen Sanasi. Market Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, alongside senior booking producer Melissa Montanez and executive producer Jared Schwartz. I'm your host, Jen Sanasi. We'll be back tomorrow with more Markets Daily.